Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone, to the Raptors Podcast, brought to you by TipperTower.com. Joining me, as always, is Damar Grant. Damar, um, little do people know this is probably our sixth attempt to try and record this one, and we have talked about the Cavs and Warriors on three separate occasions. So I'm going to open this with how we've been saying every time, they're just better than us. They're just better than us. That's, that's all I got, man. It hurt. <laughs> you make it sound so doom and gloom, man. There's still a fighting chance, puncher's chance at least. Yeah, all joking aside, I mean, the Cavs was a very winnable game. The Warriors game, not so much. Um, they didn't shoot very well, which I, 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 I feel like that's been the narrative all season. They just can't shoot the three consistently. And yeah, well, Patrick Patterson is like, you know, he's a mainstay in the lineup. He has, a third, he has the third most minutes on the team, and he's shooting 23% from range <laughs> what's even worse than that though is he has no confidence in the shot yeah man I was... swinging the ball in open looks that's not very peepat like yeah he'll get like he'll he has like th- three what he had four attempts last game where he would just he would get the ball and the first time he would shoot it and he's like he's open he would shoot it second time he's open and he would shoot it and then like the third time since he missed the first two he'll like swing the ball and then you know, since he's open, he's passing it to somebody that's obviously not open. It will bungle the entire possession, and then we have, like, isolation stuff going on instead of an open three. It's a big problem, and I, I don't know how the Raptors are going to fix it because who else do you play? I know I asked – I've been asking this question for a little bit now because Patrick – you know, it kind of pains me to say because, like, Patrick, Patrick Patterson is one of my favorite players. But I'm like, you know – I. It feels like they should be going away from him, but they don't really have an alternative. You have? Can you think of any alternatives on the roster right now? On this roster? I mean, what do you play? More Siakam? Uh, that's not really an alternative <laughs> because you can't. The spacing will get messed up, right? I mean, if you're, you know, if they're playing against the Cavs. Hold on, hold on. I got one. I got one. Because well, we saw it in the spurts last night. Damari mm-hmm. at the four, like super small. I mean, that's completely the opposite of what Casey does, but. Maybe that's the only option they could do that's actually a genuine solution. 
yeah, 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 that makes sense. And then you could, well, depending on the lineup. So like when they were playing the Cavs, especially when the Cavs go to that super small where it's like LeBron and Richard Jefferson or LeBron and Channing Frye. Channing Frye is the center. Then you could play like Carroll at the four, and then play like Siakam at the five, less JV. Even though it paint, even though it's like you know, it seems like it's the antithesis of like the entire Raptors uh, fan base. It's like, why would we ever play less JV? Man, did you go on Raptors tweet zone at all during the games? <laughs> I saw it, I saw it afterwards, man. You told me about it, so I went back to look at it. Oh yeah, blazing hot takes, fire Casey, more JV. I don't know what the hell everybody's doing. This, this team's just lost. More JV. Yeah, I was well, laughing. Yeah, last game, especially like especially against the Warriors, JV is like he's basically designed to feast on that Warriors team. He's an amazing rebounder and he's good around in the paint. So of course he's gonna be like six of six. But then you know when you're six of six and you're a fan, you're just like, how how does he only get six shots? You know, well, <laughs> he only gets six shots because he's on the floor, right? He's stapled to the bench. It, yeah, it's, you know. When you ask for more minutes for JV versus the Warriors, you kind of have to realize that if you play him more, you're jeopardizing the defense. That is already kind of suspect on this team. Okay, well, we saw what happened like late in the fourth quarter when they played the Cavs, when they basically you know, baited JV into every high pick and roll situation. Specifically, that was Channing Fry and LeBron James. High mm-hmm. PNR, and they forced him to make a choice, and they burned him every time. So I, I think Casey saw that and didn't want to go back to that again with the Warriors. Fair to say? Yeah, I... It's just realistically, it's so it's so hard to see JV um, guarding any at the at the beginning of the game. Sure, he could be playing because most teams play a traditional center, but at the end of the game, the fourth quarter where everybody's playing like Draymond Green or Channing Frye, like to close out the game, he just can't. There's nobody for him to defend. You know, nobody's the same foot speed or or like uh, same play style as him, so he can't defend anyone. You got to make the switch. I'm okay, just, well, considering the Raptors are one of the slowest-paced teams in all the league, I mean, do you use him in the first and second quarter like against those teams and that's it? Yeah, I mean, if you were going to, especially just against the Warriors, the best way to to beat the Warriors is actually to slow the game down, which they were kind of, they were kind of doing. If they weren't generating turnovers, they were slowing it down. And, uh, you know, the post is, like, the slowest play in basketball, <laughs> right? The post-up is just, I'm going to watch the guy post-up for, like, five seconds, see if he puts in a jump hook, and the jump hook misses, you know, it's so close to the rim that it generates a rebound right around the rim, so the team probably doesn't even get to run off of it. Well, I think when you look at what the Raptors are trying to combat that with was the Warriors basically said, we're going to play small, deal with it, and they tried to basically exploit jv so that's where i think the whole like trying to play slow at that pace it sounds great in theory but in practice it, it just wasn't it wasn't working yeah don't you think it's weird that they play that they play at such a slow pace the raptors yeah i find it it's really weird because they have so many athletes on this team yeah it's like 22nd of, of 30 <laughs> so it's like one of the like, slowest teams in the league and those numbers are only up because they played so fast against the Cavs and warriors like prior to those games they were, i think they were 26th yeah, they were twenty six before the Warriors game. They were twenty sixth, and they just like they came. I don't, I don't know, man, because they're playing. They play with Kyle Lowry, Demar Derozan, Terrence Ross, Norman Powell. You know, those are like fast. Those are fast players. Uh, Pascal Siakam. Those are all fast guys. And some for some reason, like 
they play at one of the league's slowest paces. And they like to trot the ball up. I have a feeling that's the problem. Why is that a problem? <laughs> because when you have, like, athletic players, you know, you want to play fast so you can exploit the athleticism. Just like if you have, like, a really, like, big player, you like to use the post. I don't know. It just feels like it would be an easier way to generate points so you don't have to rely on DeMar DeRozan so much. I know even though he's shooting, like, 30, he's scoring 33 points a game and he shoots, like, 50% from mid-range, but he can get a few more points around the rim. Norman Powell well, would appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I think DeMar was trying to do that with, what, 17 free throw attempts against the Warriors? <laughs> that was a lot. The fastest, the fastest way to play the game is through free throws. Yeah, apparently. You know what, here, why don't we talk about what we learned watching these two games with the Raptors? Because I feel like we could break both these games down again, mm-hmm. but mm, I don't know how much we'd really get out of that. So what did you learn watching these two games? Uh, I, I learned that Damari Carroll probably needs to be <laughs> resting pretty much every other game, which is uh, kind of bad because it makes him like not worth his contract anymore. But he can't, like, it feels like he can't be playing back-to-backs or he can't, be, he can't even, it feels like he can't play, like, extended periods of time just because his ability, like, his ability to, like, cover uh, certain people, it just gets diminished when he's playing for a long period of time or a certain, like, a certain consecutive amount of days that knee just starts to act up, and I feel like it's starting to get, like, a chronic chronic uh, injury. What about maybe using him in a reserve role? And I don't mean, like, as, like, a 13th or 14th man, but what about in a second unit? That's, that's interesting. I mean, it, it, I think he could be effective. Like, he could use a, a matchup specialist kind of guy. That's true. You know, to just, like, throw him on, like, if you need him to guard a specific player. That would be a good idea. Yeah, I think that could work for the regular season. Then come playoff time, you know, you got to use him full max out. But during the regular season, if they're going to monitor him and manage him, I think that might be a role they should consider. Don't you think they should just rest him until he's like 100%, if that is possible, for him to get 100%? Well, he himself, he said that, you know, he's got to play to get back up to speed. That's like counterintuitive in a sense because, like, the more you play, your body's going to wear down, higher risk of injury, all that stuff. But he said the more he plays, the better he feels. Okay, that sounds. <laughs> I know, I, mean, I know, that sounds a complete opposite. That's what he said at his camp in the summer. Right. So I think that was more of like him saying that you know at that point in time he was going through rehab. Well, he was he was slowly starting to work his way up. Okay. And he said that he needed to play okay, in order man. to like feel better. I know it sounds confusing, but <laughs> that's what he was saying. I was kind of there, like, huh, you know what? I, I guess that makes sense. He needs right. to get back in the game shape. Okay, that's okay. His but whole, his whole thing was that you can't emulate playing in the game. You have to actually be in it. Right. Okay. I can, you know, him off the bench isn't a terrible idea. It's just, you know, because the Lowry plus the bench lineup is like one of the best lineups in the league, let alone just the team. I, you know, when you're playing Carroll, when you're taking a starter out of the starting lineup and putting him into that bench lineup, I feel like it's going to kind of hinder that bench lineup. I don't know if he's. Is he better than Norman Powell at this point? Because that's. Pretty much, who's going to get subbed into the starting lineup if he became a bench reserve? I don't think it's fair to ask either of us that because we're both biased. <laughs> we both think Norman is significantly better at this point in time. Like Damari is not what it used to be, right? So, like, if you're playing Norman Powell in the starting lineup, you know that bench that bench lineup is going to suffer. I don't know. It's it becomes like a hard like something that Coach Casey has to deal with. I know we're trying to deal with it right now, but. Um, 
yeah, well, that's certainly that, with they, they, Sorry. Well, they talked about managing Lowry's minutes more too, right? That was something they said they want to do this year. So maybe that Lowry and the reserves will turn into maybe Demar and Valanciunas playing with the reserves. Okay. I mean, like, I, I feel like that Lowry thing. More. I feel like that Lowry pl- that Lowry thing is not happening right now. I don't think so either. I know <laughs> Lowry in the reserves is super effective. Lowry with just about anybody on the Raptors is really really effective. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if they're serious about managing his minutes, like they said they were last year, well, entering the season, sorry, they're going to have to do some things differently. That might be one of them: is playing more Demar Derozan with the reserves, and more Corey Joseph, more Norman Powell too. Norman Powell, yeah. is good. I wouldn't say he's a primary ball handler, but it's definitely like a secondary thing. I can see him like exploiting uh, people in transition again. If they, <laughs> if they actually played quickly, then they would be able to use him more frequently. Well, like you were saying before, though, Corey Joseph is kind of the perfect guy to play that slow, methodical half-court pace they like to play. He's fast, too. I know he's fast, but he, he can also play that half-court set really, really well. Exactly, but, like, why aren't they exploit? Now I'm just, like, now that we're digging in, like, deep in, on it, I'm just like, why don't they play fast? What is the what is the, what is is the the detriment to them playing fast right now? I can't even think of it. I think it's their reluctancy to play small, too, though, because... If you put Siakam at the five and then a Carroll or Patterson at the four, and you just play like truly small and they played fast and small, mm-hmm. this team could be super efficient scoring the basketball. And they're already like the third, they're the third best offense in the league right now. Yeah, and I think that like us talking about how this offense can become more efficient or this team as a whole is more of that. You look at the Warriors and you look at the Cavs and you go, okay, those are by far the two best teams, and the Raptors aren't close. Like, they're close, but they're not close enough that they could beat them in a seven-game series. I don't know anybody that could tell me they feel good about the Raptors being either of those teams four times in a seven-game series. So I'm, I don't want people to feel like you know like we're shitting on the Raptors here, that they're not good enough. They're a great team. But now we don't expect them to you know make the playoffs. We don't, we don't consider making the playoffs like a good thing anymore. That's an expectation. 50 right. games, playoffs, all that stuff is an expectation now. Now what's the next step? Winning the whole damn thing, so... I think we got to start comparing them and talking to them in that context, right? And you know them being third best in like offensive rating, they're behind like the Cavs, Warriors, <clears throat> and the Warriors. You know, they're an offensive team now. Like they used to be, they were actually secretly a defensive team for the past couple of years. And the Cavs have always been an offensive team, and that's like the problem with the, when the Raptors play the Cavs or the Warriors is like they don't have enough juice. So we're trying to squeeze as much juice out of the orange right now. <laughs> So we're trying to figure out, you know, can they play faster and generate more points? If they play smaller, they generate more points. We're trying to figure out, like, any sort of way so that they can catch up to the Kevin Durant's and LeBron James's of the world by playing by committee. You know, almost like the Hawks. Remember when the Hawks were, like, a by-the-committee offensive team? Eventually, yep. like, that that got hurt in the playoffs because, you know, Kyle Corvey kind of gets locked down. But the Raptors have more centralized talent, but there are, like, outside factors that can like be bolstered by just playing faster and i feel like when they play slow they just it hinders siakam it hinders powell i mean it's a benefit to jv but they don't really use jv that much on offense so by playing slowly is that really helping that much of the team versus playing quickly i'll be honest if they're going to continue to play slow they got to whip the ball around they got to move the ball we saw against the warriors the ball doesn't move much and they just run it dead sets yeah, and it hurts because then you're playing, you know, one on ones, and the Warriors have good one on one defenders like Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson's going to be on DeRozan, and then it'll be like Kevin Durant could get switched onto him, or 
or you have Iguodala getting switched onto them, or like Sean Livingston. Like there's just <laughs> there's like no weakness other than Steph Curry because he could just shoot over him. But there's no weakness in that Warriors lineup. And then for the Cavs, like if they put LeBron on Demar Derozan, then it's trouble. It's a wrap. Yeah, it's trouble. Okay, so, what else did we learn during these two games? Um, the defense is not that good. Bismack Biombo is um. <laughs> We talking about we got Bebe. <laughs> we do have Bebe, but you know Bebe's gonna have to make some decisions. And I'm not, I'm not a fan of his decision making. Like you said, man, you gotta simplify the game for him. Yeah, man, catch lobs, block shots, alley oops, all that good stuff. But when it's like yo pick and roll coverage and Steph Curry is uh, <laughs> the ball handler, is like, what decision do you make? Is like, do you jump out? Like, do you hard hedge or do you? Or do you ice, or do you, like, you have to figure out what you're actually doing, and I feel like he's not, I just don't feel like he's adept at that yet, it's just, like, that's an experience thing, and getting to, like, talk more with the coaches, and Dwayne Casey's a defensive coach, like, just being there, and actually being, like, being part of the defense, being part of practice, and him, like, describing what he needs him to do, I think that's just, like, something that Noguera needs, and he's been, like, mired in the D-League, so he's not really getting that experience, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's something he's got to talk about the players too, though. I mean, in the Cavs game, how many miscommunications did you see? It, oh my goodness! And the back screens—I mean, not even back screens, like just back doors and just like anything baseline cut was just yeah, Almatrops. Iman Shumpert and uh, he's just living off of those backdoor cuts, which is crazy, man. And like Iman Shumpert, <laughs> take that in. Oh uh, man. At least, you know, at least they have OVO, Drake Knight. <laughs> hey, well, th- we learned that, too. We learned that Kevin Durant doesn't give a damn about no damn Drake Knight. <laughs> the, contract year for Driz. Yeah, you know, the Raptors are, oh, my gosh, it is a contract year. Tell me. See, I didn't know until you told me, like, this afternoon that Drake actually has a contract with the Raptors. Yeah, it's his final year, you know, so they're going to need the trash talk, lint rollers. Um <laughs> Sorry, talk trash, <laughs> fresh lint rollers, t-shirts, the whole nine yards. He's got a lure free agent here this offseason, you know? What is it? Just keep now. What does it even, like, what does that contract even mean right now? I don't know. I really don't know what it means either. <laughs> like, I don't think there's much been, like, described about it. Like, his him being the global ambassador is, like, his thing. But it's kind of like Barney Stinson and How I Met Your Mother. It's like, what do you actually do, though? <laughs> hey, don't be knocking Barney. Right, and then he's just like, please... And he just like walks away and changes the conversation. Like, <laughs> like we what know he, Barney wheels chicks. That's what we know Barney does. But like, that's what his he, job? What exactly does Driz? Do? I don't know what Driz's job is. What does he do? Like, his profile of just being associated with the Raptors, I think, was like a culture thing. But at this point, it's like, to be legend. Wait for it. Wait for it. Dairy. <laughs> that's Driz's job with the Raptors. Is to be legendary in everything he does. Yeah, that's just, you know how that's supposed to like reflect on the team. Maybe enhance Raptors culture. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it was. I remember when he first showed up in the first couple of years when he was like the ambassador, and like it was it was just cool to be around him and like Demar Derozan and Terrence Ross were all like, it's so cool to have you know Drake around and just like talk to him and all that stuff. Now it's just like Drake. He's kind of like the the Spike Lee that doesn't show <laughs> for the Raptors, but he doesn't show up <laughs> as frequently. Like. I don't know. Do you think his contract is getting renewed? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, because I'll ask you this. Is he a novelty or is he somebody that still has that star power that can be sustainable? He sounds like he's Drake is still Drake, but like how like his... Um... If you're a player, though, does that matter to you? Is it just like, whatever, it's a novelty, it's Drake? 
or is it something that like you'd be like you know it's pretty cool like I, think, I, I wouldn't mind like you know associating with Drake and OVO and the Raptors and the Six and all this this stuff that we've kind of created to be this uh, I don't even know how to describe it it's it's just kind of been like this Toronto sports culture that's been intertwined with Drake now I think it's great if you're gonna recruit people and just have like Drake if, imagine if Drake is in the room imagine if you're going to your job interview and like Drake just shows up in the room and he's just like chilling there listening to your job interview. So that's that pretty, still matters. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I would. I would if, like. To like think if that so. still matters, and I think you got to resign him. Right. I can't believe we're talking about Drake's contract. <laughs> we're serious about whether we should resign him or not. Well, he is part of the team, right? And like, you know, <laughs> free agency is a large part of the NBA. Hey, and like Masai, he, we trust. And Masai was like Masai and Dwayne Casey were like really into signing him to be part of the the, the franchise. So. This is relevant, you know, <laughs> even though it's... Hey, you know what? I think we should give Drake a one and one Everybody's taking them, you know? If it doesn't work with the team option, we'll opt out. Just give Drake a one and one Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah... Can he fit the luxury tax? Oh, I don't even think he's on the... Is he on the payroll? He, but he's seriously, he's actually part of the team, because like, if he says something about recruiting somebody to the team, he gets fined for that. Like, the, the, team, well, the team gets, team fined. gets fined. Yeah, the team gets fined, so... Which he, has an official, he has official. He has an official post. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to make of it yet, man. Somebody needs. <laughs> Maybe I'm gonna do. Some, I'm gonna do some digging about that. But I'm gonna do some digging too. But I think they do. All joking aside, I think re-signing him if he's still considered valuable amongst players, it's an easy decision. Bring him back. Yeah. And he's probably there for you know an undisclosed amount, and I probably he's probably not doing it for much. He's probably just doing it for like courtside seats. Courtside seats. I'm part of the team. Let's do this. Have some shirt night, you know, giveaway, make him look nice. Yeah, it's like it's more. It's more of a partnership than anything. And I feel like, oh, you know what? He's probably gonna resign. No, no, no. He's not gonna resign with the team, but he's gonna sponsor the team. Like he's gonna be one of the people that you know how the jerseys are getting ads now. Yeah, you're all about this. That <laughs> You're all over this. Since this idea came out, you're literally all about OVO getting on these uniforms. OVO needs to get on these uniforms. This is like, Drake, hit me up, bro. I I, I have the ideas, bro. I have the ideas. But no, well, they have their own custom set, right? Like, they have an alternate jersey that's specifically made for OVO. Exactly. So putting the, the owl on it wouldn't be that far of a stretch. I, just, I don't know if Drake has the cash to actually get into that, but I don't think that I don't think that the Raptors like sponsorship is going to cost as much as like the Warriors or the Cavs or something. Maybe the Cavs probably wouldn't even cost cost that much, but like the Warriors or the Lakers is probably going to cost a ton of money. I have a oh, feeling yeah. the Raptors won't cost as much. Probably be like middle of the pack. I don't know. I'm curious to see when that comes out. That's yeah. something you should definitely like tweet at Darren Rovell or somebody and get them to uh, see if they can give you an answer. Probably would. I mean, that guy responds to all that stuff. Yeah. All right. I'm curious now. <laughs> yeah, we've completely gone off track. We're bringing back Drake. Yeah, they should bring back Drake. Um, when the Raptors are playing the Warriors, right? Do you think they should do more? Like they should use Pascal at five more? I think so. I mean, this is something we mentioned earlier. They have to play smaller against these teams. Like, either they're going to risk having JV out there as a liability in the defensive end to try and slow the game down. Because if that doesn't work. You look at last night's game where if the Warriors hit even half of the threes they missed, it's a blowout. We're talking like 20 to 30 point blowout. Mm-hmm. That means that they would have scored like 150 points, by the way. Yeah, probably like a buck it was, 40. It was like I can one... easily see them dropping a buck 40 last <laughs> night. Easy. Easy. Come on. 
Clay Thompson was three of eleven from three. Mm-hmm. Like, and they were wide open looks a lot of them. Yeah, that's so true. That that's not going to happen every night. And partially that was in the first half when they had JV out there. Well, so true. I think you kind of have to play Siakam at the five just because of his ability to switch, right? Like he can switch on to Durant. He can switch on a Draymond Green. He can do so many different things that provides just so much versatility for the Raptors. How could you not have him out there, right? Okay. I'm happy that you're you boarded the train. Boarded it. Well, shit, man, you bought all the damn stocks. So <laughs> the least I could do is hop on the train. Board the train. Siakam at the five. I have written about. <laughs> I have written. I have written about it. It should be done. <laughs> Better be careful. The Raptors faithful is going to come at you with Bebe talk. You know, it's I, not going away. <laughs> yeah, I like it's going it. to get more ferocious. They wrote a damn article after he had one good game. They wrote how he replaced Biombo. That's yeah, all it took. No, okay? it's, it's a fickle bunch here. He is not replacing Biombo, my friends. No, the no. Raptors were a top ten defense last year, and they're fifteenth right now. And it's and it just like it doesn't look. They're just missing his presence all around, man. Just like his ability to just. To cover ground and block shots at the rim, they just don't. The Raptors don't have a player like that right now, and like Bebe's instincts aren't enough to just to cover to paper that over. And plus, Biombo used to be able to switch out on defenders, and the Raptors don't have a center that can do that anymore. Pascal, yeah, except for Pascal at center. Okay, to play devil's advocate a bit though, I mean they've only had four losses: two to the Cavs, one to the Warriors, and one inexplainable one to the Kings. But mm-hmm. three of those four losses are. I hate saying this. They're good losses. That makes sense. Like they didn't get blown out. Moral victories. <laughs> Moral victories. Yeah, yeah. You know things that Toronto sports fans have been loving for years now. Oh, the subtle snipes of the Leafs. Uh, hey, 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 you said it. You said that <laughs> part. Subtle... I just applied it. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> but like maybe we're overreacting a bit, right? I mean, these two teams are the best of the best. Hmm. Oh well, still, well, the Clippers this, are up there too. Yeah, these are the measuring sticks that you're gonna need them, like the Raptors actually perform against. Though, like they need to play well here to see how good that how good that they really are. Because if if they continue to lose to like they can lost the Cavs two game for two games, and then they lost to the Warriors, and even though they're valiant like performances, like losing those games is just it's a damage to morale, but it's also like when you're playing in the playoffs and we've already seen certain matchups and we're realizing like the Raptors just cannot beat these teams, you know? Yeah. Well, some things that people have said as well is, uh, DeRozan didn't get that many calls. I mean, Mm -hmm. the Warriors game, he shot 70 free throws. He got calls. The Cavs game though, you could definitely make a case. Like they flat out mugged him a lot of times when he drove to the rim and they basically forced the refs to blow their whistle. And they didn't. They couldn't blow it on every play. Like our, Richard Jefferson was hacking him at will. Like they, they just played a physical game with him and JV, and it kind of paid off. It's getting to the point where like um, it's like a Steph Curry syndrome, where pretty much every time Steph Curry was like playing in the playoffs, like people were grabbing him, and that's a ten, that's a foul for sure to like grab his jersey and stuff, and to like hold on to him. But they're doing it so frequently, like if you don't call it when it's first happening then you can't call it for the rest of the game, really. Like, you can't justify it. I mean, as a referee, technically, you could if you if you really wanted to. You could just be like, yeah, that's a foul. Foul's a foul. But, um, yeah, when they're getting, he's getting grabbed and stuff, then nobody's calling it, then he's just going to have to live with that. And that's starting to happen to DeMar Duros. And, like, where he's just starting to, like, 
like basically just like light teams up and then people like grab him when he's on curls and stuff like that and there's no way for him to to like score and he won't draw the foul because the refs just won't blow the whistle is there like a resolution to that i don't think there is and i think something interesting you brought up too off the air was about um game speed the nba is clearly trying to speed that up this year oh yeah especially in the first quarter i mean if you if you i'm gonna put on the tinfoil hat okay (laughs) um but in the first quarter of any any just not even the raptors game any game you'll see that like you will see like players like bump into each other and you'll be like isn't that a foul and you'll hear them like yeah they'll be like hey right but then no foul is called like especially if it's a shot attempt right and say what something that looks like a foul happens and the ball goes up and it misses and this happened especially in the Raptors versus Warriors game where Zaza Pachulia went up for a shot and then he got technically he got fouled by uh, JV the ball was in the air nobody blew a whistle and then like he missed and then they blew the whistle so that late call is actually more of a reaction to like the league wants the games to be faster so they tend to not call uh, uh, fouls in the first quarter but if it's obvious if it's an obvious foul they'll call it but if it's like a 50 50 and like okay if it goes in then they're not gonna call anything but if it misses then they'll call it do you know what i mean i agree i mean i think it's something that they they said at the end of the season too they said um playoff games are going what roughly three hours and change yeah a good chunk of them and they said they wanted to be shorter yeah they want to bring them down to two hours like all that's not (laughs) two hours that's like college basketball like yeah so though if you can't change the times because they can't change it the the game time from 12 minutes per quarter to 10 minutes because then it would mess up a lot of historical uh statistics so they're just like what if we just don't call as many fouls and like you know it reduces the time because it takes a little bit you know everybody to line up and then we're gonna get the ball you bounce (laughs) it you know put on your routine and then you shoot it and then you get the ball back and you do the same thing again so it takes you know seconds but just like in baseball you know a couple seconds at the mound every time adds up to minutes, well, and then it can add into an hour. In baseball, I mean, they force guys to get back in the box, right? They want to shorten that time down between pitches. Imagine it's... if the NBA, if the officials shortened down the time between free throws. <laughs> like, hey, hey, enough of that crap. Shoot that. <laughs> like, oh, like Gilbert Arenas behind the back that, you know, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson does. Right, or, or just, Chuck Hayes. Just like, yeah, the number of dribbles, like, I would, I would die. There'd be a fight for sure. <laughs> Could you imagine Joey Crawford telling somebody to hurry up and shoot their free throws? Yeah, exactly. Oh, he's, you know, rip Joey Crawford, man. He's retired. Yeah. That's great. I, I wonder what he's doing right now. Right, betting on games. <laughs> oh, wow. Didn't hear that for me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Come on, man. There's been so many times where you're like, Joey, how much you got in those heat games back in the, <laughs> the big three days? Anytime you had a big game, Joey was out there reffing the game. Yeah, but he put my tin hat on now. Oh, this is another. This is a discussion for a different podcast. Or <laughs> I'll pull it up. And Tony Brothers is still betting on games. Book it. Oh my goodness. There's Too a that. Oh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into <laughs> that. Another time. But yeah, they just don't. They don't cause many fouls in the first quarter, and uh, that hurts Demar Derozan because he he does a lot of drives to the rim. Right, you get fouled on your drives to the rim, and uh, during the first quarter. He's getting fouled, even though he's scoring a lot from mid-range, and he's actually one of the league leaders in first quarter score, first quarter scoring. Um, that has to regress, by the way. Yeah. I mean, J.J. Redick has been doing it for years now. Yeah. 
And he's been doing it off pretty much the same thing. It's like three-pointers and those mid-range curls, like those jump shots off of Blake Griffin's screen. So, we'll see. I don't think it's... I don't think it will regress. I think it actually could... He could maintain that, just like scoring... His scoring in really? the first quarter. Yeah, he scores like, what, 10, 11, 12... 10 to 12 points per per, per first quarter? I think that He's been a fast starter. Like, extremely fast this year. Yeah, like, they'll give the ball to JV for, like, the first couple of possessions, and then he gets it for, like, five in a row. Like five in a yeah, row. Kobe DeBryant, baby. <laughs> Full out to Kobe DeBryant mode. So, yeah, I don't. I think that can stay still. I think he could be the league leader in first quarter scoring. That is hard to say multiple times, by the way. <laughs> I'm actually going to look into that this weekend. Yeah, he's like gonna, I want to see like in previous years what it was and stuff for him. He, yeah, he's so he's been playing well, and then he's just like those fouls are not getting called in the first quarter. I'm sorry, man. It's just not the league doesn't want to call him, and it's not a Can- Canadian conspiracy. It's all yeah, these please Raptors stop are. saying that stuff. I hate every game, any big Raptors game on Twitter. Holy hell, NBA hates Canada. That's where getting screwed again. Shut like, up. These refs, they never call the fouls. Yeah. They always call. Had the enough fouls. of that. <laughs> There was calls both against both teams in the Cleveland and Golden State game. And the Cleveland game was one that was like suspect, dude. That's when everybody was like really, really, really piping up and they're like, huh. Well they gotta understand, like LeBron is always any team LeBron's on is always gonna get suspect calls. It's just the way it works. His whole like crying to the officials that he does every game. It's also he's kind of working the officials too, right? So Yeah, yeah he you know, he does it. And I think it's just because he wins that he doesn't get the same rap. But like him and CP3 like do that all the time, where they'll just constantly. Nah, Chris Paul legit cries. <laughs> I love CP man, but he cries. LeBron like he'll he'll always be like talking to the ref, and I feel like it's just like he does it in a different cadence, where it's just um, you know, he's like, hey man, he's doing this, or he's like, then you'll see him like free throws. He's just like standing with his hands on his hips talking to the ref. Where Chris Paul well, is just like Chris Paul is just like barking all the time for something, anything. Yeah, he's bawling his eyes out for something. <laughs> but you know who's like starting to do that a lot now too on the Raptors is Kyle Lowry. He works the officials a lot. I know that you can't always see it on the camera, but he's always talking with the officials. Um, Casey's pestering them. He's yelling, He's been barking at them a lot this year. But Kyle Lowry's been talking to him quite a bit. That can so be an issue. That role. That can be an issue going forward, man, because the Clippers definitely get less calls because of how often that they talk to the officials or complain to the officials. And oh, yeah. Well, they've all those polls they've done, right, between players and, like, executives and officials, the Clippers always come out on top as the whiniest team in the league. Right. So if, if the Raptors, you know, gain a reputation like that, that's definitely going to hurt Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan because they draw so many fouls, especially DeMar DeRozan, who's drawing 10 fouls a game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we're far away from that point, though. Hey, we're, I'm just saying, man, it's it's starting right now, and I'm going to recognize it right now because Lowry's okay, here, Lowry has already biggest, Lowry already has a couple technical fouls, man. Yeah, but give me your five biggest whiners in the league right now. I could rip off like ten if you want. Chris, I'll give you like five Chris right Paul, away, man. Chris Paul number one, and then it's probably like yep. Blake Griffin. Yep, and then uh, probably LeBron. Um. DeMarcus Cousins. James Harden. DeMarcus James Cousins. Harden. Yeah, 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 I guess so. I mean, he just draws a lot of fouls. I don't think he talks to the ref that much, though. Well, he sulks a lot, too, though. <laughs> I mean, okay. I should rephrase but that's that. Just James him. Harden just that's sulks just, and gets blown by. Yeah, yeah, that's just him injured. Like, his terrible defense is like, <laughs> representative of how... He doesn't play defense. Yeah, that's optional. Just, 
he just hates you know if he gets fouled or if he falls or something he believes he gets fouled he's like yeah I'm just I'm just not gonna play defense this team this turn yeah so yeah I guess Boogie's up there too for sure mm-hmm. I mean the goal yeah, so I don't I don't think like DeRozan or Lowry would be two players anybody would ever consider to fit up there as whiners okay. mind you we don't hear the chatter on the court but I just I don't think they're as high as we're making it out to see all right maybe but they're they're approaching it though yes, I mean he, the last couple yeah, games right definitely. And it's definitely it's Lowry. Like Lowry's serious. I feel like it's because Lowry's regressing a little bit, and I feel like he, you know, I think he's pressing. Yeah, he's regressing, and then he's just like, man, I at least get in the foul calls so he can like um, feel like he's contributing to the team. He's contributing to the team, of course, but like, you, you know, if you feel like you're um, down a little bit, you just want to get every little advantage possible, and I feel like that's what he's trying to do right now. Yeah, that makes sense. I can see him trying to do that. Anything else we got to cover here with these two games? No. I mean, just more Siakam at the five. Less JV. Even though Raptors fans don't get that, you got to less JV. And especially... Yeah, I think, pardon? No, I said I think on this five-game road trip, they'd be wise to try some different lineups. Yeah, I mean, if DeMar Carroll, who knows how frequently he plays. I Man, I wish, I wish they would just rest him. But, um, yeah... They can be able to experiment. Plus, they play the Nuggets and then they play play the Nuggets, then the Kings, and then the the Clippers, and then Houston and Milwaukee. So you're gonna probably see. I mean, you'll get at least some JV, you know, in Milwaukee and against the Kings. Maybe even during the Nuggets, but there's probably gonna be some fluctuations because Jan Nurkic and Jokic are not playing well together, so they're probably gonna be splitting them up. I don't know. Yeah, they look kind of lost on defense too, Jokic and Nurkic. Yeah, it's yeah. and plus the team is like getting riddled. It's like kind of riddled with injuries right now. So we'll Give see. Us Gallo. <laughs> Gallo might be the perfect fit on this team. Yeah, but who are you gonna do? Who are you gonna trade? Bruno. Bruno, oh my god. I'm do. making one of those 2K trades. Oh, <laughs> uh, if you could just plug in whoever you want as long as the salary matches. Yep. <laughs> so they won't match Gallows because it's so big, even though it's on the final year. Even but even if they were to make a trade for Gallo, and this is not this is not a report, guys. This is not a report. But if they were Not yet, rumor, not yet. Or a rumor, <laughs> but if they were going to make a trade for Gallo, like there's still a problem with the small forward position. They just don't have anybody to guard those uh, LeBrons or those Kevin Durants because uh, they're few and far between. Paul George, maybe. <laughs> That's the, I remember I talked to you. Sigh. I think this was on podcast number two. Where I was like, <laughs> no podcast attempt number two. Podcast attempt number two, where I'm like, man, Paul George would be like a perfect, perfect player for this team. He would be. Paul George would literally put the Raptors. Over the top. Would you Over do that? Would you do Paul George for DeMar DeRozan straight up? Absolutely. Like, without a doubt, you don't even have to talk to me because then we can play. Because the, then you can actually play like Norman Powell at a shooting guard, and he's already like a great defender. Plus, he's a shooter. Plus, he's got the transitional, you know, offense. Yeah, and, I don't think Indiana would do that trade, though. No, never in their life. Are you. <laughs> <laughs> well, throwing Bruno. I mean, he's two years away from me, two years away. <laughs> no, he's only two years away now. That's right. That's right. Sorry, he's he's just about there now. Yeah, and plus he's a small forward. He's going to be the next Kevin Durant. That's like a long term investment. Durant. Well, what could go wrong? Long term investment, my friend. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, how many how many uh, 
you know, we're still looking good. We're looking good on two two of our over unders right now. The over under are under on uh Drake. Drake night. Drake, yeah, Drake appearances. We're under on that. He's only had one, <laughs> one in the first what ten games. Yeah, so he's good. not exceeding that. <laughs> I'll be shocked. That means Drake is literally in town and going to every Raptors game for like nights, consecutive nights. But he's got to show it, man. It's a contract year. It is a contract year, <laughs> so that's a big thing. Does he have the clutch gene? Oh. <laughs> Does he have the clutch gene? I used to love on first take when they bring that up. He's just not clutch. Like, what is that? What does that even mean? So there's that, and then uh, our under on uh, Bruno Caboclo, one point per game. Yeah, it's under. Cash that. <laughs> like you, <laughs> your confidence in it is like astounding. To be honest, like you're. Just <laughs> I can't wait to watch him play the nine hundred five. <laughs> I have no animosity towards him. I just don't think. I don't think he's making it, man. Like I don't think he's going to be somebody that we're going to see on the Raptors as a difference maker, or all of a sudden out of nowhere play valuable minutes. With that in mind, he's not averaging more than one point. More than one, just one point, Bruno. I know I took the He's under. He's yet to do it. I took the under, but I'm rooting for you, fam. Hold on, hold on. You can't be doing that. Taking the under and then saying you're rooting for him. Yeah, this Take is like... Over, Take the over, Don't be shy. That's just like, um, you know, you bet against your team because you know the other team is better, but you just want it, but you still want your team to win. Come on, Pete Rose. <laughs> don't be doing that. <laughs> Wait. I'll tell you what. If he averages over one point, I will buy his jersey. Oh, Sweet. Okay, we got a. Dead serious. You hold me to it. You hear that golf clap in the background? I'm, I'm, I'm golf happy. Clap. <laughs> yeah, the golf clap. You just putted for like bogey. <laughs> She's gonna average like zero point eight, and you're gonna be pissed. You're like, come on, it was so close. I'm like, oh, we got a round. We got a round up. That's a round up. <laughs> <laughs> I think on that note, we'll get out of here then. Oh yeah. <laughs> As I'm always, holding, guys, if you like what you're hearing, you can I'm follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tip of the Tower. You can follow me on Twitter at Crystal Cranitz. You can follow Damar on Twitter at Damar J. Grant. And be sure to follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a review, a rating. We appreciate all the comments, anything you guys leave us in terms of feedback. Even reach out to us on Twitter or email when the games are going on. We always love to talk with fans. Um, we'll be back on the weekend to talk about the NBA and probably some more rapper stuff. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. We're always talking about that. So until then, enjoy the game in Denver, guys, and we'll see you on the weekend. We finally got the podcast to work. We're going to be back. Fine. Man. We're going to be back. <laughs> Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it yet. <laughs> Soon. We're, we're low-key back. Low-key, low-key. That's what the kids like to say, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's lit. It's lit. Yeah. It's lit. We're back. <laughs> Stay woke. Okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 